This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, people, it's Friday. Let's behave like it's Friday. So let's have some fun. Let's get the job done. And then let's have us a weekend, shall we? Hello. Hello. Yeah, it's a it's a Friday, isn't it? Thank God. Thank God you made it. And while we all get to launch into the weekend, the guy, the boss, the man in charge of the government is about ready to start his first big international trip. And today we're going to talk about that trip. We're also going to talk about breaking news, things that are going on today. Uh, there's, um, there's a vital question of the day that we have to talk about that relates to nothing in government or the drama in D.C. We might hear from a member of the American Civil Liberties Union because there's a big ACLU case happening here in the state of Delaware. Yes, I'm coming to you live from the constitutionally protected, yes, constitutionally protected free speech bunker in the woods of Arden, Delaware. And I hope, I hope to be able to speak to the, the local head of the American Civil Liberties Union about a big free speak, free speech, I can't even free speak myself, free speech story. And so uh, I think at the top of the third hour, we're going to have the representative who handles the free speech questions and the American Civil Liberties Union. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we have much to discuss and also, as I mentioned earlier, much to celebrate. It's National Pizza Party Day. Are you having a pizza party? I wish we had pizza today, but I didn't have time to get out and get it. Very busy morning. It is also... National Devil's Food Cake Day. And a lot of folks here are talking about it's National Bike to Work Day. It's 90-some degrees here and very humid for the third day in a row. It is not National Bike to Work Day for me today. If you're able to do it, good for you, God bless. Good for you. Uh, we, we have, as I said, issues to address. The big story that a lot of people are hooting and hollering about Anthony Weiner, minutes ago, literally minutes ago, in the last half hour before this show went on the air, Anthony Weiner made his plea known, pleading guilty, pleading guilty to transferring basically pornography to a minor. And while we can all say, yay, finally, Anthony Weiner is going to get his just desserts here, it's more of a, a soft sentence. And wh why do I say that? Well, they're looking at giving Anthony Weiner. He's not going to be sentenced, first of all, until September. Now, why? Why, why? why do we have to wait till September? What's the deal? He was sexting with a 15-year-old. 52-year-old Anthony Weiner admitted to exchanging sexually explicit text messages with a 15-year-old girl. And he's going to strike a, a plea deal. 
they're going to sentence him in the fall. And, and the judge could say no plea or no, no jail time, or he could get up to 10 years. He has agreed not to appeal any sentence between 21 and 27 months in prison. So in other words, Anthony Weiner says, I will, I will give you a guilty plea and I will not appeal any sentence I receive as long as it's somewhere between 21 months and 27 months in prison. So he could, he could be in prison for a year and nine months or a year, two years and three months. Seems fair, right? No. No, it doesn't. We are getting reporting from the New York media saying Anthony Weiner cried in court as he apologized to the teen saying, I have a sickness and I do not have an excuse. So Anthony Weiner is making a plea deal. He's free on bail pending the sentencing set for September 8th. Whether or not he gets a fine will be up to the sentencing judge. The 15-year-old girl was from North Carolina, and he reportedly sent her shirtless photos of himself and graphic messages, even though she apparently told him she was underage. And there are other parts of this story that make it sound like there was more serious and graphic information and images and possibly videos exchanged. So Anthony Weiner is facing a maximum of two years and three months in, in prison. Well, let me tell you this story. Robert Lee Moore also pleaded guilty to charges of sending sexually explicit pictures of himself to a teenage girl. Robert Lee Moore Sentenced yesterday in Florida, he made the plea in March. So he, March, April, May, so less than two months between Robert Lee Moore pleading guilty and getting sentenced to 20 years in prison. Pretty much for doing what Anthony Weiner did. He's 38 years old and he is going to prison. He did this while he was apparently on duty. And why is this a big deal? Well, Robert Lee Moore was a member of the Secret Service, the White House Division of the Secret Service. He was busted after he got caught in a sting. He thought he was talking to a 14-year-old girl, thought he was talking to a 14-year-old girl online. Turned out the, the um, person was an undercover officer in Delaware. And then when he crossed the line, sending explicit material to a alleged underage person, knowing this person was underage, they swept in and picked up his computers and found he had, he had been sending sexually explicit pictures of himself to a girl in Florida and also had similar communications with a 14-year-old girl in Texas and a 17-year-old girl in Missouri. Now, this wasn't Anthony Weiner's first time getting caught sending inappropriate images. As far as we know, it's the first time with an underage person. Anthony Weiner is facing 21 to 27 months in prison, maybe, possibly nothing. Possibly nothing. 
This former Secret Service officer, member of the Uniform Secret Service Office, is going to prison for 20 years. And I think most of us would probably say good. Good. So why isn't Anthony Weiner getting 20 years? Why isn't Anthony Weiner facing the same fate that uh, Lee Robert Moore, I, I might have said Robert Lee Moore, that Lee Robert Moore faced or is facing? Why isn't he getting the same deal? Why isn't he getting the same justice? Could it be connections have something to do with it? Could it be that the ties to the Clintons still carry some weight? Could it be being a former congressman gets you that kind of extra special treatment? It's not like this was Wiener's first time crossing the line. And it's not as if we didn't have pictures of Anthony Wiener sexting with a young girl as his infant child was laying in the bed next to him. I, I don't see any difference between the two, except the fact that the guy who's connected to the Clintons and also had a congressional career is actually facing almost no jail time, even if he goes away. Do you think they're going to send him to real prison or is Anthony Weiner going to go to some place where they have a hedge instead of a fence? A place like Martha Stewart went because he's, he's not exactly a threat. Unless you consider, as I do, a threat to the youth to be a real serious threat. Uh, a 52-year-old guy stealing the innocence of a young child is one of the greatest threats in our entire land. So, no, I don't agree with the, the soft sentence of Anthony Weiner. I don't think it's appropriate at all. And now we're going to have to wait as Anthony Weiner. I'm sure they said, look, Your Honor, let's get sentencing done. We will agree not to appeal any sentence between 21 and 27 months, even though we realize he could get he could get as much as 10 years in in prison for this. We won't appeal. And uh, as an additional condition of our appeal, he'll appear in court. He'll plead guilty. He will apologize. And uh, as long as you hold sentencing until after the summer so he can spend the summer in the Hamptons with Huma and the kid and with the Clintons. Not that that's what happened. But it sure feels like somebody got a sweetheart deal. Sure feels like somebody got a, a much better deal than the average citizen. Not that Lee Robert Moore was the average citizen. He's a guy who had made it through security clearance to be able to protect the president of the United States as a former Secret Service officer. But he got 20 years. And again, he, he put his plea in, in March and was sentenced yesterday. So what's the difference? The difference has to be political privilege. The difference has to be, in my opinion, the connections to the Clintons who still carry power in this country. Anthony Weiner, at least, at least he's been finally caught. And what happens if Anthony Weiner decides he's not going to prison and he does a Roman Polanski and moves out of the country? Do we have any uh, right to uh, get him back? If Anthony Weiner decides to go to, to France, 
We know we don't have uh, extradition from France. Not that he would leave. He's a weasel. He could do whatever, whatever comes to his mind. I just don't think it's fair. He committed the crime. He admitted to the crime, at least this crime. Why does he get the summer off? Why does Anthony Weiner get to take from now until September 8th before he has to come back and be sentenced? How difficult is it? Is this the only sex offender crime that this, this court has ever seen? Don't they have previous cases that can compare to this? And there is precedent for the kind of sentencing he should face. I'm reading one to you right now. Granted, it was Florida. But they're probably doing this all the time. You ought to be able to sentence him the same day, Your Honor. And then maybe you give him a week to get his affairs in order before he goes and checks in. But, you know, it's just, it's really, it's really disturbing that the connections to the Clintons still hold this much power. All right, my rant on Anthony Weiner is over. I'm disgusted by it all. I'm happy he's had to plead guilty. But I'm, I'm disturbed by what I believe is the truth that he will probably not spend a day in prison. Yes, he does have to register as a sex offender. Uh, the, the interesting sidebar to that, Anthony Weiner as a sex offender, when he has to register as a sex offender... We can track him now. We'll know where he is at all times. Maybe they'll even give him one of those nifty federal jewelry pieces that he wears on his ankle. Little federal jewelry for Anthony Weiner. And we'll be able to know where he is at all times. Maybe that would have helped Huma. Although, apparently, half the time he was breaking the law, he was at home. Anthony Weiner. Uh, just a sidebar to this. If you haven't seen the documentary Wiener, oh my God, is it worth the price of admission? I saw it in a movie theater in New York City last year. It is so well done, and you will actually do as Anthony Wiener did and scratch your head and say, how the hell did they let this documentarian get access to all this? Because Wiener is totally hung out to dry, and it's all on video. It's all there for you to see. And you see at the beginning what a promising career this guy had and just destroyed. Nobody else destroyed it. Anthony Weiner did it to himself. And yeah, collateral damage, Huma Abedin. And ultimately, you got to know Hillary Clinton. Weiner's peccadilloes had a lot to do with Hillary Clinton not being the president. All right, rant over again for the second time. Michael Pelka taking a break. We get back. Uh, I got a beef with the media. I got a big beef with the media. And if we have time, we'll get to it in this half hour on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. 
To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Welcome back. I wanted to get to uh, my story where I'm going to rail against the mainstream media, predominantly CNN and MSNBC, because they deserve the rating today uh, from the president. You know what he says. You are fake news. Yeah, I've I've got a prime example of uh, some serious fake news, but I need a little more time. I want to get to a quick update on the story from yesterday. The story that was breaking as we went on the air, the guy who killed someone in New York City yesterday and injured almost 20 people, critically injuring four people, taking the life of a young lady when he drove his car on the sidewalk and was actually driving the wrong direction. He, he was coming down 7th Avenue near the very crossroads of the world at Times Square, and he did a U-turn and then went back up 7th Avenue but jumped up on the sidewalk and started plowing through people, pedestrians. At one time, there are scenes, and you can see this on some of the security video that's out there, where this guy has five and six people on the hood of the car. They're being tossed in the air. And the terrible tragedy of the young lady who lost her life and her sister terribly injured as well. But this this tragedy is compounded even more so by this guy apparently wanted the cops to shoot him. There's a, a, a report in the New York Post which has a remarkable photo on the cover, a French newspaper journalist photographer happened to be in Times Square as it happened. He captured the guy running from the car with his arms out and he absolutely looks like a crazy man. There's another shot where the guy is leaping in the air as the smoldering car is behind him and people are attending to the victims. It is chilling. Absolutely chilling. This this picture and now people are saying that that this was not just a madman but this guy does have two duis they apparently are reporting i heard robin walensky say there were drugs involved he's been arrested twice for drunk driving he was a washout from the u.s navy and apparently wanted to die but who knows maybe he's just crazy but to think that this is now being uh covered up or we're now saying this was was really just a single guy when some folks are saying it's terrorism. Come on, people. Come on. Can we not just go nuts for one day? And I'm not saying you're nuts. Don't don't tweet at me and tell me I'm being rude. But this is obviously a very disturbed guy. There was no Allahu Akbar. Just just calm down, people. Calm down. All right, I want to get uh, I want to get to my poking fun at the media. I have to I have to give the media a good slapping here, and Donald Trump wants to say you are fake news. Absolutely, 
and it's MSNBC and CNN that are specifically in the spotlight. Brian Williams, put down your lunch. You're up next. And I'm looking at you, too, Christian. Poor. Not so easy to say that name. When we get back, we're going to call out the fake news of the mainstream media and how they try to diminish Donald Trump. It's really disgusting. I'll share with you the actual clips. And this happened just this morning. It's relentless. That's next on Piero Pelkin. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Do me a favor. Take out a, a pen or a, a pencil, something. Write this down on your the palm of your hand. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Or just write relieffactor.com. I'm into now starting my 10th week using Relief Factor. It has helped me greatly. Eliminated pain. My knees are unbelievable now. But don't take my word for it. Another Blaze listener, Nicole, talked to us about what Relief Factor has done for her. I started getting numbing, like carpal tunnel, but then I started realizing it was all up in my shoulder. The cramping, the pain, it was almost unbearable. When I started taking Relief Factor, it just seemed like everything relaxed and I'm able to stretch it out now. I'm able to work it out. I'm able to sleep. To me, it is a lifesaver. A lifesaver, and so many others have found that out too. It works for me. It's an all-natural, anti-inflammatory, helps thousands, and many in our own family here at The Blaze. Don't wait. I waited too long. Now I feel better. I wish I'd started sooner. Three-week quick start pack, 1995, Call them, 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. I, um, I got up this morning, as I do every morning, and we send a tip sheet to about 300 different professionals in the radio industry and television industry. Glenn Beck gets it, of course. So does Sean Hannity. Somebody in Rush's office, Dennis Miller's. It goes all around the country to all the big names in talk radio. And a bunch of little names in talk radio. I send it to any talk radio person or TV person who says, we want your prep sheet in the morning. And as I'm working on it this morning, I'm monitoring both CNN and MSNBC. I do this so you don't have to. I am taking the combat hits so you don't have to feel the shots from the, uh, you know, the liberal media and this morning msnbc was replaying a show that happens every night at 11 o'clock it's called the 11th hour oh how clever brian williams hosts a show at 11 o'clock called the 11th hour only technically it's the 23rd hour really but you know we'll let him have that one 
And Williams is so intent, as many on the left are, of trying to paint the president as being a dummy or a child. It is so obvious. And this is the latest set of talking points. If you pay attention, your mind will start hearing the talking points being repeated over and over again. You hear it with Maxine Waters and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer whenever they get their marching orders from the DNC and they go out in front of the cameras and they repeat the same crap over and over again. Well, the mainstream media gets those same talking points. So this morning, when I'm listening to the replay of the 11th hour, I notice Brian Williams and Christian Amanamanamanamanpur saying the same thing, delivering the same slurs and attempting to paint Donald Trump as a child, as an idiot. And it's, it's really kind of shameful. I expected a Brian Williams because, yes, we have his history of him making up news. But in, in the case of Aman Naman Aman Amanpur, I'm a little surprised. So Brian Williams has Ali Velshi and Rick Stengel with him. Uh, Rick Stengel formerly worked at the State Department. Ali Velshi was a guy who worked at CNN. I used to like watching his financial reports. And then he showed us his true colors when he took the bribe money, basically, to go work for Al Jazeera America, to work for the Sharia-compliant news network that eventually failed miserably. And MSNBC hired him recently. So Ali Velshi, who's getting a show on MSNBC, that shows you how progressive he is. Uh, Ali Velshi and, and Rick Stangle are on to talk about the president's trip, this big overseas trip. But Brian Williams wants to make this uh, a story about something completely different. Brian Williams is trying to make this about how to slam Trump and make Trump sound like he's an idiot, like he's in a child. Listen. Well, well, we have our news tonight, and Ali, on to Brussels, where there's a report out of NATO that meetings are being Trump-proofed. <laughs> Briefings are quick and uh, right. uh, illustration-filled. Right. And, and So he's setting Ali Velshi up to say, well, they're Trump-proofing the meetings to make them brief and illustration-filled. So what's he saying? He's saying Donald Trump is such a moron that we have to have short meetings because he doesn't he doesn't have a long attention span and there have to be lots of pretty pictures, trinkets and shiny objects. Ali Velshi, to his credit, doesn't take the bait. Listen. Uh, Donald Trump started his whole conversation about NATO during the campaign was how nobody else pays their uh, their way. The U.S. is, is done with paying for obsolete. all this, and it's obsolete. And and so he has moved his messaging. Uh, uh, Mike Pence went and visited with NATO and and said we're committed to NATO. We're going to. Velshi doesn't take the bait. He just talks about what the Trump administration has done. I got, I give him credit for not biting. And then Williams didn't like the answer he got. So he switches back to the topic and fires it away at the other panelist, Rick Stangle. Of experts, there's real concern that this is a president subject to flattery, mm -hmm. wanting a close personal relationship after every encounter, that he could agree to things that he shouldn't. He restages the question. Is this president subject to flattery? 
Is he that weak? Should we be worried? Stengel doesn't really take the bait. And that he, it's, he's very transactional on the one hand. On the other hand, he's susceptible to flattery and personal relationships. Those two things have nothing to do with policy. And I think he feels that he can somehow ingratiate himself with people. Those people are going to figure out how to do that with him. And, and by the way, the Saudis are going to do that. The Israelis mm -hmm. have already done it. You know, the Pope will do it in order to try to kind of modulate some of the things that Trump does that I'm sure that the Pope is aghast at. Quote Rick Stengel, what could go wrong? Gentlemen, thank you for a great conversation tonight. It wasn't a great conversation, Brian Williams. You were trying to smear the president. You were trying to make him look like a kid, like a child. Stengel actually said, well, you know what? This is kind of the butt kissing that happens on diplomatic tours. The Saudis are going to do it. The Israelis are going to do it. The Palestinians are going to do it. And to some extent, the Pope is going to do it. There's a little bit of diplomacy that happens when people get together and call on a neighbor or a foreign friend. Hi, how are you? What a lovely house you have. That's not childlike behavior. It, at least it's not. I don't expect Trump to go in and start bowing like somebody did on an apology tour in 2009. Does anyone remember? Yes, we do. So that happened, and then minutes later, almost almost at the exact same time, Christian Amanamanamanpour over at CNN, reporting from London early this morning, is talking about the same, basically the same topic. And here's what she had to say. And remember, there's a report out of NATO that Trump's meetings need to be specially attended to to made simple for him. Remember, Brian Williams said that. Listen to this. But in NATO, for instance, in that meeting, we're already hearing reports that they're having to tailor the meetings to suit what they have been told about President Trump, a famously short attention span, somebody who's always looking for reaffirmation and flattery and, you know, putting his name into all sorts of paragraphs that are going to be spoken about him, uh, you know, flattering and trying to do the best to keep his attention, shortening uh, meetings from maybe 30 minutes or 40 minutes or an hour to, to much much shorter you know giving sort of paragraphs worth of of information rather than you know longer um, so you know they're, they're busy tailoring it's fair to say uh, that journalists and foreign leaders abroad have never faced and never encountered a, a leader of the United States that's quite like this so that's the only thing she said that makes any sense that's even fair at the very end at the very end of that it's fair to say uh, that journalists and foreign leaders abroad have never faced and never encountered a, a leader of the United States that's quite like this. So the rest of it is Bravo Sierra. The rest of it is a, a total repetition of talking points that are being thrust upon the media to diminish and smear the president to make him sound like he's a child. And instead, the only true thing she said was, the world has never seen a United States president like this. Well, yeah, most of the world has never seen a United States president, first of all. And in recent memory, the last one was there for eight years, and he was different than the one before. I think it's shameful, Mr. President. What do you think? 
You are fake news. Yes, I think Christian Amanamanpour deserves that classification, as does Brian Williams. It really is awful that the media has this naked of a bias. It's just hanging out there. Oh, but there's more. Of course there's more. I'll share it with you after the break. I'm Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Vital question of the day has been posted for a couple hours. I'd love to hear from you, and uh, we will debate this. If you want to talk about it, too, I, I need your input. I need to hear from the stunt brainiacs out there, especially on this Friday. Kind of a little loosey-goosey Friday. Um, worst date ever? Yeah, maybe. This guy in Austin, he's 37 years old. He... He meets a woman online at one of those dating appy things. 35-year-old woman, they, they have conversations and agree to go on a date. They're going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, reportedly, according to Glenn Beck, maybe the greatest movie ever made. I have not seen it yet. I cannot speak to this. I have not seen Guardians of the Galaxy, the original. And I know it's Guardians. I know. I'm just messing with you people. So uh, Brandon Vesmar goes to the movies with a, a woman he met through this dating app. And they're at the movie. And according to Vesmar, in the first 15 minutes of the movie, she starts texting. She takes out her phone inside the theater and starts texting. And continued to do so even after he said, hey, can you, can you please stop texting? And she, no, she's going to keep texting in the theater during the movie. And it was the opening weekend of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So you know the theater had to be packed because it was one of the biggest openings of a movie ever. So I'm sure the people around her are saying, hey, buddy, can you, can you tell your date to stop? Hey, lady, you want to stop texting? No, she's not going to stop texting. So he said, why don't you take it outside? To the lobby if you need to text. She did. She walked out of the theater into the lobby and kept walking. As a matter of fact, she walked out, got in her car and drove away. Now, here's the problem. They had driven to the theater together. She agreed to drive. He bought the tickets. Now, he's sitting there in the theater realizing she's not coming back. And... He's a little disturbed. And he said, you know, I, I got to find my ride home because I told you your phone was distracting. Now, the next day, he said uh, he wanted her to pay him back for the $7.31 from the movie, plus the $4 for the slice of pizza he bought her as well. And she ain't biting. She thinks uh, he's the problem. And so guess what? He's suing her 
asking her to compensate him for the movie and pizza. I'm surprised he didn't make her pay for an Uber. I expect this to be on Judge Judy. The the theater in Austin very wisely has offered him a $17.31 gift certificate. And now he's going to file, has filed in small claims. So I want to know, where are we? Where are we on this? Is it okay ever to text in a movie theater, especially during the feature? See, I don't care if you got your phone on and uh, the, the trailers are running or all the dumb ads. Thank you for coming to Lowe's. Any of that, I don't care. But if you're texting during the movie uh, and, and the lights you know, from the screen are going to be very bright, I, I got issues with that. I think you need to get your butt thrown out of the theater. I think that's an ejectable offense. So where are we? Is it ever okay to text in a movie theater during the feature? Go to StuntBrain on Twitter, at StuntBrain on Twitter, and tell me. Currently, 21% of you are saying yes. This is nerve-wracking. 21% of you, one-fifth of you, more than one-fifth of you thinks it's okay to text in the theater during the movie? I know, I got to calm down. I know, I know. But vote now, please, or tell me. Call in and tell me I'm wrong. This is, this is criminal. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh, if you guys could only hear what we talk about during the breaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you wish, don't you wish back in 1982 when someone was saying, hey, uh, what are we going to get Mike for his birthday? Oh, let's buy him that Basquiat painting. That Jean-Michel Basquiat painting. You know, the weird one with the head. Kind of looks kind of spooky. Yeah, it's $19,000. We can get that for nineteen grand. that would be great. He loves that kind of colorful art. I wish I had friends that had that kind of genius. Apparently, somebody saw what was going to happen in the future as uh, Sotheby's dropped the auction hammer last night and sold the Basquiat painting for a record $110.5 million. $110.5 million. This was a 10-minute bidding war that went for the, it went on and on and on. Now, I, I'm just saying this. This is um, also, it was purchased by a Japanese online fashion retailer. Uh, the guy who set up this this gigantic, very successful company. He's got a collection. He's also got a Picasso he paid $22 million for. So that means he thinks this Basquiat is five times as valuable. Last year, he purchased another Basquiat for $57 million, which was a record price then for a Basquiat. Five, seven point three million last year. So what does the guy do this year? Thinking, you know, I, I have to get another Basquiat. $110.5 million. Amazing. 
And no, they're not making any more of them. Basquiat died of a drug overdose when he was just 27 in 1988. It's not a small painting, though. It's 72 and a half inches by 68 inches. It's a pretty big size. You've got to have a big wall. So if you, But, you know, I'm guessing if you have $110 million to spend on one painting, you've got a decent-sized wall or two somewhere in your house. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Earlier in the, the first hour of the show, we opened the show talking about Anthony Weiner and the fact that Anthony Weiner is has pleaded guilty, facing jail time for basically sending sexual, sexy, inappropriate photos, dirty pictures to an underage person. Being a pedophile, I guess that's the right way to call it, right? Looks like he's going to have to register as a sex offender. He pled guilty today. He um, he cried in court. And now here's the weird thing about that. There are people actually kind of defending Anthony Weiner online. There are people who are saying, well, don't be so harsh. Don't be so tough on Anthony Weiner. Maggie Haberman of the New York Times was telling people, hey, let's... Uh, I don't want to I don't want to phrase it incorrectly. But she's saying we should all go soft on Wiener cuz he's got a kid. Maggie Haberman of the New York Times wants us all to, you know, give Anthony Wiener a break because he's a dad. Because he is uh he's he's a father of a child and that child deserves deserves to be shielded from Whatever his dad has done. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The guy's a pedophile. He's a repeat offender. And Maggie Haberman's going to defend him? You need to watch the movie Wiener. Trust me. You need to watch the movie Wiener. And then justify anybody who can't get upset and say, this guy is getting everything he deserves. And in fact... He's getting a light sentence. We don't even know if he's going to get jail time. Wiener doesn't get sentenced until September. And based on what we're hearing, that his, his lawyers are wrangling to get almost no jail time for him. Almost no jail time. That's, that's kind of what's going on here. They basically said they won't appeal anything between a 21- and a 27-month sentence. So really, Maggie Haberman, really, why, what are you defending? And all of you, and Hillary Clinton. When is Hillary Clinton going to come out and denounce Anthony Weiner? Or is she standing by Huma's man? She has a history of doing such in the past. Remember the situation with Bill. So... Very interesting. By the way, Huma, Huma didn't attend uh, Wiener's guilty plea. And from the reports we're hearing, there were no family members in court. So anybody, anybody who, who jumps on, jumps on the uh, support Anthony Wiener band, bandwagon, even his own family isn't standing next to him. Even his wife 
is not standing next to him. So Maggie Haberman of the New York Times, you're defending a pedophile. You really are. Oh, boy. I I think this is going to go on all day as we're going to see people jumping on this and either supporting Wiener or or realizing that, that he is a pedophile. And we need to all be honest about that. We need to all be really brutally honest about that. And let's remember, especially when he gets no jail time, because you know this is what's going to happen. September 8th, a judge is going to say he's lived in solitude since the, since the uh, admission in court last May. His life is ruined, and so we need to give him a break. Uh, he's suffered enough, Your Honor. This is the kind of mentality, the exact same kind of mentality that made sure Bradley slash Chelsea Manning was released from prison yesterday. They've, they've suffered enough. Well, what about their victims? What about the victims? What about the young girl and, and the others we don't know about? Was there more than one? Well, yeah, even Anthony Weiner admitted there was more than one. There was a scene in the movie, Weiner, an actual scene where his press person is talking to him about how many. And it's one of the most uncomfortable scenes. Well, the whole movie is pretty damn uncomfortable. But listen to this guy. He's a serial offender. And now we're all supposed to be considerate because he has a young son. What about the young girls? Again, the left, juxtaprogressiveness on display. The left rushing to protect the children of a pedophile, the child of a pedophile, when nobody rushed to protect the young girls this predator was, was preying upon. Here's just a few seconds of this scene where his press person, a woman I can't believe stuck with him through all this, as, you know, Huma was married to him, had a kid. But how did any women stay with this guy throughout all of this? Anthony Weiner from Weiner being asked about how many are there. I just want to look at the questions and talk to you about how you want to answer those. So the answer to were pre-building campaign other than Huma aware? No. And had there been multiple online exchanges of multiple people, or was it just this one? Can I just say multiple people, or is it just this one? I think you've got to, I mean, there was more than one. So I think, I think we've got to answer the question. I think we've got to answer the question. There was more than one. It is one of the most remarkable documentaries you will see. And as I said in the first hour, the opening, the opening of this movie shows you a young politician. Granted, he was a flaming liberal who would have turned us into a progressive America in a heartbeat had he gotten any higher up than just a congressman. He had hoped to be mayor of New York. He was leading the campaign when the third indiscretion was exposed. He was leading. He finished dead last. But the fact that this guy, convicted now, sentenced in the fall, is being defended or being sheltered by liberals, female liberals, as important, as powerful as Maggie Haberman, 
is just disturbing. And I don't know how any of you on the left will stand up and, and rush to defend Anthony Weiner or tell everybody, stop piling on. Frank in Pennsylvania, how are you, sir? Welcome to the Friday show. Am I out of line here? I, I don't know, Mike. The, the, sentence, the sentencing guidelines, uh, make, you know, the deal he's got is, makes his sentence likely to be a little flaccid. But um, I really think all the media attention is giving him a bad rap. So, um, sorry. <laughs> I see what you did there, Frank, and thank yeah. you for bringing right. me in from the ledge. Yeah, uh, I did. Uh, you should really, you should really bring in uh, Chris Cruz on the on the dating question. He's he's our he's our resident expert, I think. Are you saying Chris Cruz is an expert on dating? On bad dating. Well, they, okay. Now, now you're right. Now I think you're one hundred percent correct. He's, he's our bad dating expert. You should definitely bring him in on that question. Well, uh, you, well, you're saying that Chris Cruz might be a baseline for what a bad date looks like. At least, yes. That would that would be it. Well, here's the here's the reality, and and we're talking about the story out of Austin, Texas, where the guy asked his date. It was the first date to stop texting during the Guardians of the Galaxy two, and when she wouldn't, uh, he told her to take it out to the lobby, and she did, and kept walking, and she drove, so he got stuck in the theater. Chris Cruz would have slept in the theater. That's the reality, and he would have had. He would have had Doc come pick him up on the way to work in the morning. In, in his stinky car, yeah. It's it's such a mild comparison just to how Chris's dates go. I, I, I'm i not sure that it was as bad as you think it was. Well, it's a, certainly a case uh, worthy of Judge Judy, but I'm guessing you voted <laughs> against uh, supporting texting during the movie. I'm, I'm guessing you're a no. It's never appropriate. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I want to see the movie. Yeah, I paid to see the movie. If you can't take two hours and 17 minutes out of your life to enjoy something or to willfully suspend disbelief, you got a bigger problem than, than we you know. You can text when we have the DVD. That's right. You'll text from the couch when we're watching it at home. Well, thanks for joining the party today, and thanks for bringing me in off the ledge. But uh, I, I'm sure, I'm sure when I finally get to my Van Jones clip and my Maxine Waters clip, uh, I'll be back out there. Oh, and I have some kind words, really not kind words, for Richard Blumenthal, the senator from Connecticut. Uh, or I'm just going to call him Dick. Listen, Dick Blumenthal, we, uh, we're going to disagree on something, and I'll share with you uh, all what it is. And, and for those of you sensing a theme in today's show, you're correct. And I'll get a note from HR later. Michael Pelka, I'm Pure Opelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. 
To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I need some time to dive into some of the stories that are happening today. There was a briefing again with the full House yesterday. The full Senate got a briefing on the firing of Jim Comey and how the Deputy Attorney General broke it down for them. And again, it, it looks like no details out of the out of the briefing, but Richard Blumenthal, Dick Blumenthal from Connecticut, came out and said uh, he wants to he wants to uh, have unlimited funds, unlimited funds to cover this. Really, that's what we need: unlimited funds for a secret, secret investigation. I'm sorry, Richard Blumenthal. No. No, that's that's not going to happen. Unlimited funds. Uh, that's a Democrat. Absolutely a Democrat on display. Really, really disturbing. Uh, there's another story that I apparently missed on the blaze, but I caught it. Somebody else sent it to me this morning, and I didn't realize that I had missed it, but Bob Beckel's been fired again. From Fox News, Bob Beckel, the guy who had a little problem in the past with his his mouth and then went away. And and when he was gone, he went through rehab. Apparently, Bob Beckel had some demons and um, he he fixed them and then came back and then just recently joined the five again. And now they have fired him. And so I. I'm sorry if I missed the story on The Blaze, Kate Scanlon. It just showed up 30 minutes ago. And now it's there. But they fired him. Apparently something to do uh, with an insensitive remark to an African-American employee. And it was off camera. Now the remark happened Tuesday evening. There was a report of it to the HR department at Fox and they held a 48 hour investigation and decided that he needed to go today. So another firing at Fox news, but this time a guy who's roundly known and no pun intended with round because Bob is a little portly, uh, but he's known as, as the kind of the house liberal. He's the guy they bring in to keep the, to keep the fair and balanced end of things on the five. And I thought Beckel had had beaten his demons. Well, apparently he's got another one in there. So that's unfortunate for him. You don't want to see anybody get fired. Not from a broadcast gig. Maybe they're making room for Jason Chaffetz, right? Jason Chaffetz reportedly going to Fox News after he steps down from his, his job in Congress. I do question the wisdom of Fox trading Kimberly Guilfoyle for Jason Chaffetz. I think um, I think they better get a few more draft picks. You know, Chaffetz, uh, yeah, he's a decent guy. But Guilfoyle's smart and attractive. Personal opinion coming out. Don't hate. 
But uh, that big news just happening. And uh, I'm sorry, Kate Scanlon. She's giving me a hard time online telling me, you know, you need to read the blaze if you're going to be talking about the stuff that we because I kind of hinted, hey, anybody seen this? Yeah, you need to read the blaze. It's on the blaze. But it's right there on the front page. Fox News fires the five co-host Bob Beckel. Second time, Bob. It's kind of like an annual event in the day after Roger Ailes died. When we get back, I have to I have to get into the Maxine Waters, the latest Maxine Waters screw up. Uh, I do have. Where is that? I, I spoke with Jessica Gallagher in Jerusalem today about what's going on with the the visit from Donald Trump. And she talked to me about Trump visiting the Wailing Wall. Donald Trump will be the first sitting president to visit the Wailing Wall, at least that's according to Jessica Gallagher from Fox News Radio. I was not aware of that because it's such such a holy place and regarded to be very important to different faiths. It has been sort of a diplomatic no-no for a sitting president to go to the Wailing Wall while visiting Israel. And so it's usually apparently something one does after one leaves office. But Donald Trump is going to do it. Netanyahu will reportedly not be with him when he visits the Wailing Wall. He's going on his own. They they asked for that to be a solo visit. So more on that. Maxine Waters. There's a big ACLU story out of Delaware. And I disagree with the message they're protecting, but I agree with the protection of free speech. So we'll get into that story top of the next hour you just have to come right back right i'll see you here you're listening to pure opelka with mike opelka on the blaze radio network Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. There are some interesting things going on as the president and first lady and a host of obviously staff and security get ready to head towards Saudi Arabia. Some interesting details already out of this trip. Did you know? Did you know that there's already big business being done? on this this first foreign nation trip for President Trump. Uh, the Saudis are going to announce $190 billion in weapons purchase. $190 billion. That's a bunch of money. That's a huge chunk of money. And that that weapons purchase will will be doing business with American companies. So that's manufacturing. That's straight out of, I hope you bought into those defense industry ETFs because under President Trump, defense stocks are doing great. So uh, hang on one second here. I'm just checking something that's coming through. Yeah, yeah, we were right. Yeah, it is $109 billion in arms sales to the Saudis. 
makes Trump look like a deal maker already. And the president has said some pretty interesting things about this trip in advance of the trip. And he's going to be, as the guy who said America first, you know, so many times he said, I'm all about America first. For him to be facing world leaders, especially initially, a bunch of world leaders and nation leaders from Muslim countries, after all the things that have been said about him about from the left, oh, how he hates Muslims. Remember Pelosi. He doesn't like Muslims. He's prejudiced against Muslims. All of the rhetoric and the first group that Trump is meeting with will be predominantly Muslims. And he's going to propose some pretty interesting things. We're hearing. Now, you never know until he gets there, right? We never actually will know until we hear the real story. So I can't wait. I want you to look at something else that's going on right now. There are, boy, how to, how to put this correctly. There are efforts underway by the mainstream media, and we, we played the examples earlier of how MSNBC and CNN are trying to basically smear Donald Trump, to diminish Trump, to make him seem like a child when they talk about his shortest tension span and need for compliments, and you have to have uh, lots of graphics in your presentations, and his name has to be mentioned on, on every page in a few places to keep his attention. They're really trying to diminish him. At the same time now, I've started to notice something that I think you should be aware of. Now they're trying to take down Mike Pence. You see, I think, I think the left has finally realized that if, if you're going to go after Donald Trump, and God forbid you're successful Democrats, the reality is be careful what you wish for because you're going to have President Pence. And I think the left, the only thing they fear more than President Trump for four or eight years would be President Pence. I think that would be their absolute worst nightmare. So just watch and see what you're saying. You're, see what you're seeing. You're, you're hearing many things now in stories about Pence, and you're hearing many things about he's fed up, he's tired, he's getting, he's getting tired of being the guy who has to go out there and support Trump. I don't think that's true. But just watch. Just put that in the back of your head. Now, the president addressed uh, more of the witch hunt yesterday. I don't know if you caught some of this, but the president was talking more and more about um, what, what he has called the witch hunt by the press against him when it comes to the relationship to Russia. I think it's totally ridiculous. Everybody thinks so. Do they? Well, everybody, not everybody, Mr. President. Nancy Pelosi doesn't think it's ridiculous, but a lot of us think it's getting to be ridiculous. Well, I respect the move, but the entire thing has been a witch hunt. And uh, there is no collusion between certainly myself and my campaign. But I can always speak for myself and the Russians. Zero. That's the president talking about the appointment of the special counselor to look into any collusion between his campaign and the Russians. And there, the mainstream media has been tearing apart this sentence at the very end of this, when he talks about, I can only speak for myself. And my campaign, 
but I can always speak for myself and the Russians. Zero. I can always speak for myself and the Russians. When it comes to myself and the Russians, there was zero collusion. And there have been many people saying, why is he throwing his team under the bus? He's not throwing his team under the bus. He's absolutely not. He's, he's not getting in the way of things. He's speaking only on that of which he knows everything about. He continued. I think it divides the country. I think we have uh, a very divided country because of that and many other things. Uh, so I can tell you that uh, we want to bring this great country of ours together. Yes, we do want to bring this great country of ours together. There's no collusion. Uh, Russia is fine. But whether it's Russia or anybody else, my total priority, believe me, is the United States of America. Now, Trump seems to be maybe taking the advice of Charles Krauthammer. Krauthammer, who said the president needs to do what Bill Clinton did in the middle of the Monica Lewinsky scandal. And that's not give it much attention, but just keep going forward with your agenda, pushing tax cuts, pushing the repeal and replacement of Obamacare. But when the president said it's a witch hunt, and he also said, as he did at the at the Coast Guard graduation the other day, when he said that he's feeling like he's been under attack by the media more than any other president in history. Van Jones took exception to that. Yes, Van Jones has now declared Donald Trump to be President Snowflake. Van Jones last night on CNN with a, a panel all over decided he was going to take on Donald Trump and declare him to be weak. What's interesting is a different Donald Trump. When he ran, he was this, this tough guy. This guy's going to get things done, this great negotiator. He was Trumpzilla. He was going to make Washington you know, bow down. He was going to drain the swamp. Now he's President Snowflake, okay? Everything he said, oh, they're mean to me, and they don't like me, and I just don't understand it, and it's not fair. Van Jones, on May 18th, 2017, declared Donald Trump to be President Snowflake. I'm just wondering if we're going to see that as a talking point. I'm just wondering if that's going to come out. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But it, the best thing, as I mentioned, what Trump should be doing and what the Republicans should be doing is not getting caught up in all this. Not getting caught up in all this is to move forward, to get on with the business you're supposed to be doing, the things you told us you were going to be doing like tax reform, like repealing and replacing Obamacare. And so yesterday, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin came out and delivered some of the news. And this actually seems to have also pushed the markets higher again and solidified some of the banking stocks who were worried about, all the bankers and banking stocks who were worried about the fact that because of all this drama in Washington, we weren't going to get those tax cuts that we were promised. Well, this was Mnuchin yesterday, and it's wonky, but I think it also signals that there are people working in the background to keep the, the train on the tracks, the Trump train on the tracks, and maybe get his agenda moving forward again. Turning to our domestic agenda, it has been more than 30 years since we have had comprehensive tax reform in this country. Combined with often 
imprudent regulations crafted in the midst of the crisis, the entire American prosperity has slowed. I believe that a goal of 3% GDP or higher economic growth is achievable if we make historic reforms to both taxes and regulation. There are about 100 people working at the Treasury on the issue of tax reform. It is our goal to bring relief to middle-income Americans and make American business competitive again. We will do this all while simplifying the tax system. This, this speech, as, again, as wonky as it was, has a couple things in it that most economists will say, look, you're, you're not going to get to the 3% GDP growth. Not unless you make some pretty serious changes to the tax code and get money flowing into the economy and get people working again. That's obviously a a key point. So most folks are skeptical there. But to hear that there are 100 people in the Treasury Department working on developing uh, some sort of tax relief that will help the middle class, that bolstered the the feeling in in, uh, Wall Street. And you're seeing the market up over 150 points today. You're seeing the market kind of come back. We were down 372 points on Wednesday, picked up about 56 yesterday, another 150 today. We're still down over 150 from from the big hit on Wednesday, but we're making strong growth back. Now, in terms of simplifying the tax code, I don't know why you need 100 people to simplify the tax code unless they're shredding because the tax code is 80,000 pages. But let's just get down to the the taxes that the president brought up. Simplify it, three to four brackets, keep the mortgage interest deduction, and, and make sure you take care of people like our truckers who had that vital deduction for their overnight trips. You got to have a few of those. But just make sure it's it's, I'm going to use the word the snowflakes use, fair. And you will, you will bolster the middle class by making sure they can, they can afford to pay their bills and maybe buy a house. And that's one of the most important things. If you can keep people buying homes and making cities grow, the economy will roar again. It's about building communities. It is about the middle class. So that made me feel better. So as the president's packing up and getting ready to leave, it's heartening to know that the, that the Treasury Department's on the case. And apparently they are. Taking a break. When we get back, uh, Maxine, is it Maxine Waters time? Are we going to stick our toe in the waters file and have a little more fun with Auntie Maxine? I think it's time. Why don't we do that next on Pure Opelka? You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We'll get to uh, Maxine Waters here in just a minute. I just have to alert you to a story that was just handed to me by our internal team at TheBlaze.com. It's on the Daily Caller. The headline reads, Journalists have emotional and alcoholic issues. 
journalists have emotional and alcoholic issues. They apparently, according to this study, have uh, difficulty regulating emotions and suppressing biases. Well, duh. But the, the study, which I should tweet out a link to it, is from this woman, Tara Swart. And uh, it was supposed to look at a, a, a bunch of journalists. They had 90 people apply. 40 of them were selected on a first-come, first-served basis. But when the first 90 applied for this study, they had to drop out. A bunch of them had to drop out due to antidepressant use, which, you know, that's not really comforting. And then, so they got this group of 40 that they were going to survey all these journalists and see kind of what their life was like and how they respond to stress and deadlines, etc. And a failure to complete all of the elements in the required time meant that only 21 people finished it, the whole test. So this study on journalists is based on just 21 participants. Just kind of seems a little shady. But what did they learn? Uh, They learned that the people who live finishing dead by by living up to deadlines actually had problems with the deadlines of this survey, which I think is pretty funny. And they also, uh, well, we'll, we'll, you know, we should get Tara on. That's what I need to do. I, I need to get this woman on and talk about this study and see why journalists, what do you, why are you trying to hurt journalists? But I wanted to get into the um, Maxine Waters was on Morning Joe again, flapping her gums about uh, the impeachment because this is her dream. Impeachment is her dream. Here's Maxine Waters on uh, Morning Joe. Hang on a second. My computer just crashed. It is horrible. It's absolutely horrible. So I'm not going to be able to give you Maxine Waters here unless it comes back in a second, which it's not. So you're going to have to hang on. We're going to have to give you the Maxine Waters just around the corner. Uh, But actually, it'll be in the middle of the next hour because at the top of the hour, we have a very special guest joining us, uh, the Delaware director of the American Civil Liberties Union is joining us. Here's the story. A woman in a small town in Delaware put some signs up on her lawn, signs that say, love Trump's hate and women's rights are human rights. The local town said, you got to take those signs down, ma'am. There's no election. She said they're not election signs. And the ACLU is suing to give her the right to keep them up. I disagree with the message. I agree with the free speech. We'll talk about it next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Third hour of the show. And man, things are moving and grooving as we are watching the Any Moment screen on CNN and MSNBC. They're showing uh, the the president's plane air force one as they wait for the president and first lady to board and take off you know i some days i i just think we spend too much time on minutia like that 
But then again, CNN doesn't have another countdown clock to put up. But it is the president's first overseas trip, the first trip out of the country during his presidency. They're also quick to remind us that Donald Trump is once again doing it differently because most presidents go to the neighbors next door first. They don't go to Canada uh, or they don't go to Europe. They go to Canada or Mexico. But Donald Trump's different. When are you going to learn? We do have a guest on the phone to talk about a local issue, which I think is probably something all of you can deal with on a on a national level. Because it's about free speech and you know how this program feels about free speech. My license plate reads after one because that's how I was raised after the First Amendment. Everything else comes second and free speech is so vital to the maintenance and the future of our nation. And so when the ACLU in Delaware stepped in to fight for free speech in the tiny town of Milton, Delaware, I thought, well, this story, this story is something that could relate to everyone. So we have the executive director of the ACLU here in, in Delaware on the phone. Kathleen, are you with us right now? I am, Mike. I'm appreciative of you taking time on a Friday because, you know, it's the weekend and, and we have beautiful weather and you're probably headed to the beach, I'm sure. No, not? I wish. No, not today. <laughs> well, y- your, your story that hit me earlier in the week because it started making news all up and down our, our tiny little state was about a woman in the little town of Milton, Delaware, who put some yard signs up after the election or left them up saying love Trump's hate and women's rights are human rights. How did this become uh, actually a court case? How did it go from just a, a code violation to a court case for you guys? Well, the town of Milton um, went to our client, Ms. Nicholson, and told her that the signs had to come down because her message was political. And she objected and wrote them a letter. She complied with the request and she took the signs down. But then she wrote them a letter and said, hey, I, I have free speech rights and I am allowed to have those signs. And the, the town attorney said, no, we disagree. Um, you may not have signs that we consider political in nature um, on your lawn. And and so after she didn't get any satisfaction with the town, she turned to the ACLU. And um, we communicated with the town. They did not want to consider our point of view. And so we went to court on Ms. Nicholson's behalf. And so this will actually get a hearing in court to argue on whether or not these signs, which the town compliance office has said are political in nature, but she claims they're really just an opinion are going to be, uh, this is going to, a judge is going to decide this. Well, we'll um, either negotiate with the town and settle with the town or a judge will decide. Yes. So the town could say, okay, we agree uh, with you. It is free speech and back down, or they would have to then, if they decide to go to court, then they have to obviously put up a defense or face, uh, I guess, the cost of defending the suit. That's right. Hmm. And it seems to me like small towns like Milton. But here's here's a question I, I have. And the interesting part of this uh, part of this story is 
the the woman who put up the signs is a retired teacher and she's someone who knows the constitution inside out she was a civics teacher she's somebody who uh-huh. i think understands free speech and uh i'm gonna stand out on a limb and say politically um miss nickerson and i are probably 180 degrees apart on most things but on free speech i bet you we're in lockstep so this is one of those voltaire moments where i'm gonna fight for her right to say it, even though I disagree with it. But absolutely. Well, yeah. When, when we come to this, though, and, and here's the answer or here's the question I, I, I'd like to look at. What about what about the people who live next door? Do they have any right to say, hey, you know, she can put up a sign or two. But when it becomes something that takes away from the value of my property, can that argument be made? Well, it cannot be made regarding the message. So it can't be made regarding the content of the sign. If the town allows signs, then Ms. Nickerson can put up a sign, her neighbor can put up a sign, and the neighbor really can't complain. Now, the town can regulate the size of a sign or the amount of uh, space that it needs to be set back from the sidewalk, for example, but they can't say you can, you can write this message um, love Trump's hate, but you cannot, you know, you cannot say that. You cannot say love Trump's hate, but you can say for sale or you can say um, uh, I'm a professional psychologist and I have my office here, that sort of thing. So you can advertise a business, but after the town did set up a window for political messages. And I see, I think she had wiggle. We're talking to Kathleen McRae, the executive director of the ACLU in Delaware, and she's she's taken on this free speech case about a woman who put some yard signs up, one of which said, love Trump's hate. And during the election, a lot of Trump supporters had that sign. But I think you could make a general argument that love Trump's hate without attaching it to the president. And I, I being a troublemaker, I would say that's free speech. It's not political speech. So, yeah, I would tend to fight for her on that level. But I guess the town and you are both saying, well, we're going to we're going to put that one in the political column. No, no, no. ACLU is saying it is free speech, and that's why we are representing her in court. And that's why we're challenging the town of Milton um, to say that they cannot. um, If somebody wanted to put up a a message that was in favor of uh, President Trump, um, deport 11 million immigrants. Uh, we would defend that person's right to speak as well. So it's all about free speech and being able to let your opinion be known. Okay, so I, I, you've, you've corrected me and I appreciate it and I'm actually appreciative of hearing this. And so Milton's restriction on 90 days before an election to 14 days after election is is really, I guess, the target of what what this suit is all about. That's right. We consider that restriction unconstitutional hmm. as a first as a First Amendment violation. So we believe that people can uh, advertise whatever messages they want to advertise whenever throughout the year, um, and that the town cannot. Um, determine somebody that works for the town cannot determine this message is allowed that message is not allowed i like this because now you you you're going to close the door on thought police being out there and telling us what we can and can't say really interesting case i hope it 
I hope it actually goes to a hearing because I'd love to hear the arguments on either side. And maybe you don't because you guys like it to be tidy and have everybody roll over and go, you're right, we agree, free speech lives. But I love watching a good fight. I hope that doesn't make me a bad person. Not at all. I mean, we wouldn't mind um, going to court. We have solid arguments on our side. And uh, it also can help educate the general community about what the First Amendment is all about. Well, that that is 100 percent correct. And I, I support your mission. You know, you guys, sometimes those of us in the conservative space have disagreements with you. I'm happy to report I'm with you 100 percent on this one. Not that you care, not that you're going to lose any sleep over it. But, you know, uh, well, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that we can agree. Well, that's, it, that's what this is about, right? We, we have to. That's right. We have to, at times when we disagree, we have to do it without being disagreeable. But when we do agree, I think we have to celebrate it and, and make sure everybody knows. Kathleen McRae of the ACLU of Delaware, thank you so much. I hope if, if there's any change in this, uh, please ask your office, which I have to tell you is very responsive. Mindy is wonderful. Ask them to let us know if there's an update. We'd love to report on it. We certainly will. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Well, what an interesting case that is. Woman put some signs in her yard and uh, the code enforcement officer came by and said, you need to take them down. They weren't really political in nature, but they were after the election. They kind of hinted at politics and she fought and she happened to be, as I said, a retired civics teacher who said, um, I know the Constitution. This violates free speech. And now the ACLU's taken the case. Some of you, when I talked about this uh, earlier, some of you had actually written and said, said, you know, you, you got to be careful because you could have a nut job who puts all kinds of signs up. Well, the ACLU, I guess, says we can have nut jobs. And I, I have proof as I have a neighbor who's a little bit of a nut job and might have some signs up. It's not me, Shamont. Shamont's whispering in my ear. Is it you? Is it you? No, I live in relative obscurity. But just around the corner, there's someone with a very active lawn decorating habit. Maybe I'll take some pictures and show you. When we get back, we'll check on... <laughs> oh, I'm getting it in my ear from Dallas today. When I get back, uh, we'll give you some of the crazy news updates and uh, a whole lot more as the president and first lady are climbing the steps to take off and head towards Riyadh and the rest of the president's gigantic international trip. We'll give you an update next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, CNN. Once again, cut it out. They're repeatedly showing uh, the present first lady walking across the tarmac to the steps. We don't need to see them walk up the steps and got on Air Force One again. Just a gigantic waste of time when you could be telling stories. Kind of like this, a gigantic waste of time, me yelling at the TV and CNN when I could be telling stories, right? I know. When I point one finger, there's three pointing back at me. So uh, we do have a vital question of the day that's on Twitter, and right now you should respond to it. It deals with the story of the guy who's actually suing for $17.31 because his date was texting during a movie. And I want to know, is it ever okay to text during a a movie, especially during the feature? Currently, 77% of you say no, but there are 21% of you. means better than one-fifth are saying, yeah, it's fine, sure. No, you better not be in a theater when I'm in a theater and start texting. You're going to have a problem as long as the theater's really dark and I'm sitting far away and I can yell and you can't figure out who I am. But cut it out. Two hours. Give two hours of your time to to relax and enjoy a movie and stop ruining it for everybody else. Stop it. And speaking of ruining it for everybody else, uh, Maxine Waters. Congresswoman from California, the woman who's been in office, I think it's 29 years and she has passed. You're probably thinking at least 29 bills. Maybe maybe she did two or three a year. Maybe she's got 50 to 80 bills that she's passed. Right. That's what you're thinking. You'd be thinking wrong. Maxine Waters has passed three bills since she's been in office. What a waste of space. And anybody, you know, this is term limits uh, on display. Why we need term limits. And she's the one screaming, impeach 45, impeach 45. Maxine Waters, once again, on the morning, Joe, admitting that there is no actual evidence of collusion. How much more money are we going to spend on this? How much more money are we going to waste How much more time are we going to silence Congress and put everything on hold? And you know that's what the Democrats want. That's why why Dick Blumenthal wants unlimited funds for the special investigation, for the special counselor, Robert Mueller. But here's Maxine Waters this very morning talking once again and admitting once again there is no actual evidence of collusion. Yeah. Um, I want to define what you mean by collusion, because what, you, what you're talking about um, seems more circumstantial to me. Bank records, um, perhaps contacts that were of a nebulous nature. Um, who knows why Flynn was talking to the Russian ambassador? It could have been, it seems to have been about sanctions. Collusion to me is very specific. It means that the Russian government or actors within were trying to elect Donald Trump. But I want to know what collusion means to you, because that seems to be the standard by which you're saying he should be impeached. Yeah. Now, first of all, you're not in an alternative universe. That actually was a Democrat asking a Democrat, what is collusion? And this happened on MSNBC. Somebody actually challenged Maxine Waters 
to give us a real a real bit of evidence. Tell us what collusion is. Absolutely. I am talking about strategies that were developed uh, working with the Trump campaign. I really do believe that much of what you saw coming out of Trump's mouth was a play from Putin's playbook. I think that when you saw him absolutely uh, calling Hillary crooked, uh, the uh, locker up, locker up, all of that was developed. I think that was developed strategically uh, with people from the Kremlin, uh, with Putin. And I think it's more than bank records. I think that you can see uh, that uh, visits, you know, to Moscow were made during the campaign by Manafort and others. I think it's a lot more absolute. So you think, you just, think just and anyone else jaw dropping? I'm watching Sam Stein as as he's watching Maxine Waters and hearing her say this. He is doing everything but rolling his eyes. He is almost looking in disbelief as she talks about the Putin playbook, the words that are coming out of Trump's mouth, reportedly coming from the Putin playbook. Are you kidding me? Even he can't believe it, and he presses a little further. Russian government developed the talking points for the Trump campaign? I think that there was a cooperation in developing strategy about how they could ensure that Hillary Clinton was not elected. They need Trump. Trump will be there to support <laughs> lifting those sanctions. That's what they really want to happen. They want to drill in the Arctic. Tillerson has negotiated a multi-billion dollar deal with Exxon to do that drilling. They can't get the equipment, the supplies, and all that they need until the sanctions are lifted. They First of all, we want to drill in the Arctic. Jimmy Carter approved Anwar drilling in a tiny sliver of Alaska, and you Democrats have sat on it and stopped it for decades. So don't tell me it's about Russia. She's way off in crazy town, and she ain't done yet. On Trump, not only will he support lifting those sanctions, he also will turn a blind eye uh, to the expansion that Putin is trying to do. Uh, he does not care about them having invaded Crimea, and he does not care whether or not this egotistical maniac Putin uh, is but attempting to reunite the whole. Soviet I know we need to go soon, but just yes. to be clear, we haven't. There has yes. been no actual evidence yet. No, it has not been. Okay. No, it has clear. not. And 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 I want you to know, every time I've talked about impeachment, I've said we've got to connect the dots. We've got to get the facts. We've got to do the investigation. That is what leads to impeachment. And I also said that Trump will lead us right there. I. I don't know if there's a better textbook case for insanity than, than what we just heard. She's still talking about Russia invading Korea. She mentioned it there. If you missed it, I'll dial it back and play it for you. Maxine Waters is actually, again, talking about Russia invading Korea. It hasn't happened. She's nuts. California, I beg you fix this problem. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It's a Friday. We're celebrating Friday. The president's plane is in the air. Air Force One and the the backup plane with all the supplies are headed towards Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And, the, you know, we will cover the president's trip tomorrow morning on this very radio show at 6 a.m. Eastern. Did you know that? Yeah, we do this show six days a week, noon to three, every Monday through Friday. And at 6 a.m., we get up and kick off the Saturday morning programming on the Blaze Radio Network. Six to nine Eastern, we will, uh, we will give you the latest live stuff. And we will also... We will also follow any other crazy stories that uh, we were chasing today and give you an update. Uh, it is, um, it's going to be an interesting trip for the president. As I said, he's already sealed the deal they will announce tomorrow with $109 billion in arms sales to the Saudis. And there is talk of a special, a special pitch to try and get many of the Muslim nations in the Middle East to unite against radical Islam. And the terror that is that is sweeping across the region. I think that's going to be a tough one because you've got some guys there who are some leaders who are not really good folks, really good folks. So um, stay tuned for that tomorrow morning on this very channel, the Blaze Radio Network, starting at 6 a.m. And of course, Jeff Fisher follows me and then Lawrence Jones and then Chris Slater and uh, Joe Pags. All new Saturday New programming every single day on the Blaze Radio Network. You have to be here. And can I ask you, while we're talking about the Blaze and theblaze.com, when you go to theblaze.com, click on the section that says Channels and find my mug and follow me. We're trying to get up over the 20,000 mark. i got to catch up to Doc Thompson. Let's face it. He's been there forever, and he's a couple thousand ahead of me, and i got to catch up to him. Same with Salcedo. He's been there forever, too, and, and he's, got, he's got a couple more than I do. Yes, it's envy, but just help me out. We have some strange news floating around today. We've been covering the political news, and there's plenty of strange news, but also some good news. The federal judge has ruled that the city of Irving, Texas, and the school district do not owe any damages to Ahmed Mohammed. Or his family. Remember Clock Boy? Yeah, 2015 Clock Boy, uh, Ahmed Mohammed, who got the invitation to come to the White House and that whole stink that was made about it. Well, a federal judge dismissed the lawsuit filed by Mohammed's dad, who said the fa- and he said the family will not get a payout from the city of Irving or the school district. This was back in September of 2015. 14-year-old kid came to uh, the attention of the entire nation when a teacher looked at what he brought to school and said, it looks like a bomb. Now, it was a dumb thing, but it wasn't anything that warranted the millions and millions of dollars that this kid and his family were demanding. And remember, they ran away for a while back to the Middle East and didn't come back until they got in front of a, a judge with this dumb bomb case. But thank God some common sense has, has ruled the day. That's a judge tossed the case. The court documents reveal that the case was dismissed because the judge said there was no proof of, quote, 
racial or religious, close quote, discrimination. We knew that a year and a half ago, sir. Should have been thrown out as it was filed for just being stupid. You ought to be able to, as a judge, you ought to be able to put a stamp on something that just says stupid. Get out of here. Maybe Judge Judy should do that. There's another case out of California that is a little disturbing, and I'm sorry we don't have Dr. Jorge to call today. I reached out to Dr. Jorge for a bonus section on this, uh, wanted to talk some health issues, but today is Dr. Jorge's birthday, so our buddy can't come on the show with us because he's celebrating a birthday today. There are five confirmed cases of botulism from nachos at a Northern California gas station. Now, we've all been there. We've all been on those late night or all day trips around the country and you stop to get gas and somebody goes, get me something inside. I'm hungry. What do you want? A hot dog? No, those hot dogs have been on those spinny things for about 12 years. Get some nachos because, you know, just heat up the cheese and put it on the fresh chips. Five people who ate gas station nachos got sick with botulism poisoning. One of them is paralyzed. It's terrible. So just be a little a little careful. Buy something that might be packaged already. Not, Don't make the gas station nachos. Who's buying nachos from a gas station? I know it's not fine dining. Get something that's prepackaged, but how horrible. I hope, I hope these people get out of it. That's terrible. An Arizona high school is, is trying to straighten out a problem that students created when they, they posted some attempted bits of humor in their yearbooks. The Post and Butte High School has apologized and sent notes home to parents saying, uh, we kind of screwed up on this. And they're offering families either full refunds for the yearbooks or stickers. Stickers, yes. That's right. The school has said, you can either have your money back or we'll give you these nifty stickers to cover the inappropriate references to sex or drugs. What a shock that teenagers would post dumb things in their yearbook that related to sex or drugs. Uh, Case in point, one girl wrote, my bra size, my grades. No, here's what she wrote. I'm sorry. My A's turned into B's, and so did my grades. So there apparently have been drug references and breast references in the student handbook, the student yearbook. So the high school saying, you can either get your money back or you can put stickers. You know what stickers are going to do. The parents are going to say, yo, give us the sticker. My kid wants the yearbook. They're not going to cover up anything. What are we doing? Another student has been told to go home, eighth grader at Jack Desmond Middle School in Madera, California, suspended for slipping laxatives into teacher's coffee this week. Now, if, I swear I can't believe there aren't criminal charges on this one. And usually there are. I'm betting we hear an update on that story that there are criminal charges filed against that kid. Because you just can't do that. You can't be... You can't be putting laxative in the teacher's coffee. What if, the, what if something really bad happened? The teacher got very ill. And here's a, another fashion trend. We talked about the, um, the romper 
for men earlier this week. We had Emily Zanotti on from Heat Street talking about the romper. Uh, there's another fashion trend in Brazil that I'm hoping, I'm hoping it comes here to America so I can see it and take pictures of it and mock it. It's um, a new bathing suit that men and women are using, but apparently men seem to be flocking to this. It's a mermaid bathing suit. It is a, a full mermaid costume from the waist down to the tail. And people go to the beach, they put this on, and they actually go swimming. And you can because the tail acts like, you know, there, there are those uh, swim fins that are really big. And they create like a, a mermaid-type tail. Well, someone went ahead and made an entire bathing suit, an entire swimsuit. You don't believe me, do you? You don't believe me. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post a link to this story so you can see it. It's in Rio de Janeiro. And apparently it's catching on. And you know what happens when something like this catches on in Brazil? It's just a matter of time, people. Just a matter of time. People say they've, they've had to overcome mockery and bullying. But guess what? That just means people are going to want to be. People who want to be noticed are going to wear this on the beach. I just don't see how you how you put this thing on and then how you're able to get from your towel to the actual water. You know, it's not like you can walk very easily with that tail. Well, you take a look and tell me when we get back. We'll wrap up the day. I'll give you any updates on the latest on on the, whatever's going to happen next week with the Comey hearing. And anything else we hear that's breaking out of D.C. But I have a tendency to think once the president leaves town, they all go, OK, the boss is gone. Let's go. I'll give you an update next. I'm Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh, you people are so lucky. Very lucky. Aren't we all lucky we live in this great country? I was going to go into a little rant about what goes on here during the commercials. But that I'll have to save that for another day. I've been getting it pretty good today. I've been getting beat up pretty good today. And maybe I deserve it. Maybe. Uh, there were some interesting things that happened yesterday. I mentioned earlier that uh, you, you need to keep an eye on how the media is going to treat Mike Pence. I already played for you how the media is trying to diminish Donald Trump, making him sound, sound like a, uh, a child. They're painting him as a child, saying that he, he, needs, uh, he needs shorter meetings and he needs lots of visual aids when he's being presented to and he needs to have his name in the presentations or he won't pay attention they're treating him like a, a kid with add instead of like a billionaire businessman running country companies all over the world and now running the most powerful nation on the planet it really is rude and it's really ungracious and uh, just flat out fake news 
But then the other side of this is I think they've come to realize, oh, my God, if we push Trump out as they all want to do, guess what happens? They get President Pence. And I think they're starting now to try and diminish President Pence. Yeah, that's that's what scares them most. And if you haven't heard it, this happened yesterday. This was an example of uh, a reporter asking Paul Ryan about that very reality. And Ryan's reaction is priceless. Thank you. Obviously, you've been very close over the years with Vice President Pence, and you talked about him trying to continue to move this agenda, and he's here often working on these issues here. But considering the maelstrom that we've dealt with with Trump and Russia in the past few days, there have been some members who have said we might be better with Vice President Pence. What's your, what's your, what's your take on that? We shouldn't even, I'm not even going to give credence to that. I'm not even going to comment on that. That's, that's, there are well, members who are saying I'm not even, there's not even a point making a comment on that. Yeah. Once again, Paul Ryan caught in a hamina 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 moment. <laughs> I'm not even going to comment on that. But you know what? There are a lot of people who are probably thinking about that. There are a lot of people who are saying right now they should be concerned about these probes, even though there's been no evidence, even though there's been absolutely nothing, nothing that has shown collusion. And now uh, we learned today from the meeting that was held today where the briefing of the members of the House uh, were brought up to speed the way the, the members of the Senate were yesterday. We are told and by, by Kevin McCarthy, who told us that uh, that that they were they, the members of the House of Representatives, were told that no extra funds were ever requested. There was no extra request for money. At all. None at all. So there it is. Before we get out of here, I have to remind you one more time today. If there's any pain in your life, you know, from inflammation, like you have pain in your joints and your knees, etc. What are you waiting for? Check out relieffactor.com. I've been using relieffactor.com for over nine weeks now. I'm into my 10th week. It has been nine weeks since I have taken an over-the-counter painkiller. It's been nine weeks since I've needed to use anything other than Relief Factor to make me feel better. So get the three-week quick start pack. It's $19.95. Just call. If you want to know more, pick up the phone. Call the consultants, the counselors at Relief Factor. 800-500-8384. 8384 or go to relieffactor.com it is so simple and i just do it breakfast lunch and dinner it truly has changed me changed my life i i don't have any pain at all in my joints where i did before it's amazing there's a story breaking out of out of uh, san jose california that maybe chris salcedo i'm sure he'll keep you up on it it's a school evacuated after somebody found a bottle a liquid bottle with the word nitroglycerin on it in a backpack. So the Bridges Academy in San Jose, California, is under lockdown, and they're checking things out. Uh, this is uh, hopefully just a dumb situation with somebody thinking they're funny. But uh, we will keep an eye on it, and I'm sure Chris Salceda will have all the updates for you. Plus this just in. Huma Abedin has filed for divorce.
from Anthony Weiner happened after he made his declaration of guilt today in a court. Huma Abedin finally filing for divorce. We'll cover this tomorrow morning. Be here at 6 a.m. Right now, you know what we say. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.